Welcome back to Fantastic Voyage, the podcast about David Bowie. I'm Jesse. And I'm John. You can follow us on Twitter at Bowie Podcast, and you can also leave us a written review on Apple Podcasts if that's where you cast your pods. I cast my pods on Spotify. What about you? I'm on Apple Podcasts myself. I am an iPhone user, but I guess you are now too. I just got an iPhone, yeah. I've joined the, the dark side. But yeah, I still use Spotify. Anyway, today we are talking about pinups, the 1973 cover album by David Bowie. Bit of a different uh, change of pace for Bowie, to say the least. We're, we're gonna have a lot, bit less to talk about in terms of the creative process. Yeah. Of his of his album. This is more of a stopgap album. While Bowie entered the cocoon again to reemerge as something different later on, but in the meantime, he. Doesn't really do this often. He doesn't give us a, a sort of a side project in the meantime, but he does here, and he's kind of resetting, uh, similar to what I, I kind of compare it to when Dylan took a step back in the early '90s and did those two folky blues covers albums, when he was kind of struggling. Looking, yeah, and he uh, he came well, not that Bowie was struggling before this, but maybe just a way to reset creatively, and then he came out with Time Out of Mind a couple years. Well, he later. had Oh Mercy before those, though, right? So that that yeah, was and that a, was okay. That was yeah. a good album. That's with Lenoir as well, right? A great Canadian producer, which we reside in Canada. Daniel Lenoir, yeah, and then he did the same thing recently with the uh, Standards trilogy, and then came out with Rough and Rowdy Ways, which I think we can agree is a is a great original album thankful that he kind of ditched those uh those standards albums they were getting a little redundant i mean the first one was maybe cool enough but i, I don't know about you i know you like him a little bit more than me but i was getting a little bored of it i like i like fallen angels which is the second one i like that that's my favorite of the trilogy but then by the time i got to triplicate he it was a triple album yeah so we kind of got five albums of that yeah that's just like enough <laughs> time to move on uh, so Bowie is moving on from the Spiders from Mars. At least one of them. Most, or yeah, one, yeah, one. One of them for sure. Well, they they tried to get rid of Trevor Boulder. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> then they, they, kinda... they they tried to get uh, Jack Bruce from Cream, right? Yeah. He declined, and they had to sort of come back to Trevor with their tail between their legs, and he obliged, and uh, so he's back. But somebody isn't. Yeah, Woody was. He was canned on his wedding day. Yeah, the morning of. It was. I think it was like an hour and a half after the ceremony. He he had he got a call from it was DeFreeze. Maybe he thought that he was going to get congratulated by Bowie <laughs> yeah, or by the think, the team yeah. or whatever, and now they canned him. So, yeah, that's uh, Trevor was. He said something to Bowie about that apparently after, and like when he came back, when they mm-hmm. said, "Oh, can you please play bass on this album?" and he. He says something like, that was fucked. And Bowie yeah. said, well, you're next if you don't watch it or something. I got that from BowieBible.com. I don't know how much, if that's smut they, or what. They but. are a good story. But I, I, I kind of feel like, I, I think Bowie, like, you always hear like, oh, like Trevor would be next if he didn't, you know, listen. I don't think they sort of kissed his ass. I think they were kind of like, you know, they, they'd left him a few times. I think he had to maybe sort of come back to them more than they had to come back to okay, him. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Trevor's back at least. Woody's, uh, Woody's gone, but we do get uh, Ainsley Dunbar, who's a very good drummer in his own right. Yeah. Um, he played with, well, he played with John Mayo and the Blues Breakers. Yeah. And then that's the big one. Jeff Beck group after yeah. that. And I think in between there was like this uh, side project he had 
called the Ainsley Dunbar Retaliation. Oh, cool name. Yeah, it's a very good name. And I'm not all too familiar with that Neither group. Neither am I. But I do know of them, and that's because uh, Sabbath covers a track of theirs called Warning, which was the last song on their eponymous debut. Okay. I'm not as into the first Sabbath album. Well, I, I love I that album uh, because, I mean, not only is it great and is you know very important and pioneered heavy metal and all that, but most importantly, it's got the rare trifecta where there's a song called Black Sabbath, by Black Sabbath on the um, album Black Sabbath. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, and there's only a few other albums I can think of that are like that, like uh, Run the Jewels on their first album. Okay. I kind of like that. You know, what are you listening to? Oh, I'm listening to Run the Jewels by Run the Jewels from the album Run the Jewels. Yeah. <laughs> David Bowie uh, should have had a song called David Bowie. Yeah. Uh, on one of those first two records. <laughs> Just change Uncle Arthur to David, to Bowie, David Bowie or something. Yeah. It, same amount of syllables, right? This one was. The first one to be stylized, the first one of two to be stylized as just Bowie. This is pinups by Bowie. Yeah. And Diamond Dogs, which came after this, is the same thing. I don't know if that was a DeFreeze idea or what. We're going to, yeah, advertise it as Bowie. And then, yeah, on the, the spine, I think it still says David Bowie. Okay. But then on the cover, it says Bowie in both of them. I, yeah, I'm not yeah. sure why that is. It's, I guess it's not that important, but they obviously were, they made a conscious effort to make it just Bowie, though, so there was some reason behind it, but yeah. whatever it is, probably trivial. So they recorded this album uh, near Paris at the Chateau de Horville. I think that's how you pronounce it. For Canadians, our French isn't that great. Uh, anyway, it's one of our official languages. Uh, same place that Honky, the Honky Chateau by... Uh, I was just going to ask that, the Elton John yeah, record, because right? I think, is Ronson on that? Album. Ooh, I don't know. He played with Elton John. Maybe that was just Tumbleweed Connection. Well, Gus Dudgeon produced it, so there's another Bowie connection. Yeah. Um, but Bowie returned to the Chateau to record Low and The Idiot, which is kind of neat. So this was his first time at this studio. I think it was an old, like, 18th century mansion or something like that. That was mm-hmm. there, a lot of albums. Those are just naming a few that were recorded there. Uh, and he's covering a specific type of, of of song when he's when he's making this album. It was it, it's a bunch of '60s mod era rock and roll from from England. That I guess you can kind of call it just mod rock. Yeah. Because even the songs that aren't English, they're they're overseas. They're, they're not American. I mean, they're songs from the British invasion. Right. There's and like even because the them, Easy Beats are Australian and them are Irish. Irish right. Yeah. Uh, I guess Northern Ireland's still part of the UK, but. Uh, yeah, they're just there's acts that weren't American that sort of took America by storm. So whether or not they are all British, they're all you know yeah. coming from. It's a Commonwealth covers album. It could be called. Yeah, there we go. Well, there was supposed to be like an American version. Well, there's a rumor to be one yeah. that was like at Pin least it was two. an idea. Yeah, he did a few Springsteen songs. Springsteen saw him in the studio or something, and I, I think Springsteen said that. Bowie kept saying, "Oh, it's not. It's too early to record." And it was like, by the time he got to recording a vocal or something like that, it was five in the morning. He's like, "Okay, now it's time." It's around this era. Yeah, because he. They also did. Uh, I think they were like rehearsing "God Only Knows" during this period. Oh, which it probably would have sound sounded better uh, the, here the, than the eighties one, the one that he actually did. And then there's also the they did "White Light, White Heat." That would have been. Uh, yeah. Or at least they did the backing track for it because that wound up on one of Ronson's records, and Ronson just took the backing track from Bowie and just sang over it for his record. So that's kind of cool. And they were 
there was rumored to originally they were gonna do uh, re-record the London Boys and paste it in similar to the Who Sell Out like little snippets of his song the London Boys that mm-hmm. would have been really really cool if they would have just spliced in like a verse here a snippet that was there. the plan yeah yeah and I don't know why that never came to fruition but I'm mm-hmm. kind of disappointed that it didn't that would have given this album maybe something that it doesn't have I don't know well it definitely would have maybe it's something it didn't have but it would have been better for it I think maybe more of like a theme or a creative endeavor it would have just kind of brought everything together maybe and just made it a bit more cohesive maybe I don't know not that it isn't I mean it's a very glam album like we we said that Aladdin Sane was super glam but this one is right behind it in terms of his glammiest so as we go through these songs I think what we're going to do is we're going to kind of vote on which one we prefer. If we prefer the original version or the Bowie version, we've taken to Twitter to see what, what you think. And we will kind of keep score and see, see what wins. Not that it's a competition. There's a few of these that I'm really glad that we don't have to choose between the two because I like both versions quite a bit, but it's kind of fun to see if, if Bowie prevailed or not. Yeah, I haven't made up my mind even on some of them. Uh, a lot of them I have strong opinions on. Some of them I, I don't really have strong opinions on. Uh, this first one is actually one that I could probably go either way on, so should we get right into Rosalind? Let's drop the needle. Rosalind, uh, originally recorded by The Pretty Things. Uh, came out in May of 64. Starts with a nice, really cool kind of bit of tremolo on the uh, guitar very similar to the original version yeah a lot of these songs get sort of like reinvented or rearranged at least uh in the case of rosalind it's that's not it though right i mean this is a pretty authentic note for note even like a scream for scream cover of the original i think you always read in the books that uh, phil may who is the, the pretty things vocalist he said that bowie even screamed in all the same places i did so yeah. it, it's it's just the it's a carbon copy I, I really like, in, in the original version, I, I think Phil May's vocal is incredible. And maybe sounds a bit more authentic for this style of song than mm, Bowie's. Totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, for a song like this, I and for a lot of these covers, honestly, I feel like I prefer the, the production and the sound. It's sort of refined by the time we get to 1973 here, and it's a lot more bombastic, and it sounds a lot better. But then it's usually the originals where I do prefer the singing on them. Yeah. I, I think they're, especially the, the pretty thing songs. I yeah. find that the sort of original garage rock vibe to them are not in Bowie's wheelhouse as much. He sort of does the, the sort of artsier songs better. These rock and roll ones, the he sort can... of my girl done me wrong type songs. There's kind of, I kind of like Eric Burden singing the more or Phil May singing the more. Yeah. They're, not, they're not quite in his wheelhouse. He can pull it off, but it's not his best. Yeah, it's it's not really his style. Mm. It, it, yeah. Um, and something about like that really kind of raw, like mid-60s sound. Sometimes, yeah, I, I totally agree that the 70s, re- the recording techniques and the way that this is mastered and everything, it sounds superior. But something about that raw sound of those early recordings, I, I crave it sometimes. And even yeah. though like, I'm listening to it thinking like, oh, this sounds like shit. It, but it sounds great. That's kind of the point of it sometimes. Yeah, yeah you know, totally. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm going to go... I'll, I'll go first and, and say I prefer the original version of this one. 
Yeah, I do too, because... Uh, yeah, I, for all the reasons we just mentioned, yeah, I, I do, I think... It, it's close. I mean, it, it is very, very close. This is actually probably the closest one. I okay. think Bowie Does the Pretty Things one's pretty good. They're pretty good songs. Yeah. Well, Pretty Things are one of the... Underrated yeah. bands of I the mean, 60s. Yeah. They have one of the finest albums from the 60s, SF Sorrow. It's the first rock opera. Like, it predates Tommy quite significantly by about a year. I think it came out in 68. Tommy okay. is 69. Yeah. Uh, although Townsend denies it having any influence on him, but. Oh, of course. I kind yeah. of think that sounds like bullshit, but. Well, Townsend denies a few things that <laughs> we won't get into. Uh, so, on Twitter, uh, we are in the. Uh, minority on this uh bowie wins 81 percent to 19 so that overwhelmingly bowie on this one wow yeah i mean the Bo- it, it's good i mean it's uh, oh yeah yeah I, I like it it's a good album starter great w- great way to kick it off mm-hmm. so on to the next one uh here comes the night originally recorded by them that's the name of the band uh released on march 5th 1965 uh that's my birthday but not the same year. <laughs> uh, them, their lead singer was Van Morrison. Someone that I respect, but I'm as, not... As a musician, but not as a person? Uh, well. <laughs> what, what do you mean by that? <laughs> uh, check out his... Uh, <laughs> he has some, some interesting takes on uh, the pandemic. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Interesting. Well, he's... Maybe without looking into it and taking your word for it, maybe he's sliding a little bit. I like Moondance. I think that's a great album. Yeah, that and Astral Weeks. I prefer Moondance to Astral Weeks. Yeah, me Weeks, too. But, uh... Yeah. The song was originally written by Burt Burns. Is that it? Yeah, Burt Burns. Burt Burns or Burt Russell. I think he went by both. Okay. You might recognize him as Burt Russell more because I think that's... He wrote Twist and Shout. Uh, yeah. So I think that's the name that's on all my old Beatle records. I think I, I recognize Russell. Russell, okay. The that, then that makes yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, he was he also wrote uh, Under the Boardwalk, Brown Eyed Girl, A Piece of My Heart, some other yeah, just to name a few. He was a oh the uh, Janis Joplin, yeah. Big Brother in the Holding Company, pretty yeah. prolific songwriter. Well, this was uh, I like obviously Bowie's paying homage to the them version on this, yeah. but it was originally recorded by Lulu, wasn't it? Yeah, a much yeah. slower, kind of a slower version. Yeah. Uh, I guess it just, this is like the definitive version though, the them version. That's the one that everybody knows. This one, there's, there's parts of it that I like. There's actually, there's a certain part of the song that kind of reminds me of, uh, Tide is High. You know what I'm talking about? The, maybe I'll play it. The, like the verses. Yeah. Yeah. It's Tide is High. I, uh, I can't stand Van Morrison's delivery in the verses on them's version. Okay. Like it's it's my le- like it's just uh, a little bit too hunky dory or something. A little too wimpy or something. It's it's it actually really annoys me. It really irritates me at that part of the song. The rest of it's pretty good. It's a good chorus. It's a good you know melody that doom 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 doom. Yeah. Doom. That's a that's a really good. It's a good little melody, but I I really yeah. can't stand the verses on on Van Morrison's version. I think there's parts of the song that I really like, and there's parts of the song that I really don't like. Uh, a part that Bowie's version has is that really cool vocal intro where it sounds like he's like laughing or crying or something, like pouting or yeah, that's really really cool. Uh, it, it adds uh, humor to it. Yeah, almost like you don't hear that anywhere. But I've heard that sound before, but not on music. Like it's neat. Uh, I like Bowie's version more. 
Yeah, I... I do too. I don't particularly care for either version, if I'm being honest. But I, I do think I like this one more because it's just it's a bit more sleazy. Which isn't necessarily a compliment, but I, I think I slightly prefer it because, like I said, I, I do think Vans is a little... His is a little too wimpy. And this version has that little sprinkle of humor in it and a spit like that howl at the beginning, like you mentioned. And it's also... It's almost like... Bowie's voice on this, it's almost like it's Dracula singing or something, or like Frankenfurter. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, like it's, uh... Yeah. It's got that vibe to it, which I, I don't necessarily care for either, but I think it's at least got something to it that's a little, maybe a bit more amusing to me, and I kind of just, I, I get a kick out of it, I think. Yeah, yeah, I can so, see that. So... Like I said, it's kind of a funnier version of it, so I think that's what gives it the edge for me. It also kind of has like this, uh, this bright lights, big city vibe to it, right? It's like you're pulling up in a limo for like yeah. this extravagant party that takes place in a movie. Your sunroof is down. Yeah. yeah. You're, or, or open or whatever. Yeah. You're in a limousine and, you know, you're going to some kind of, a, you know, like Gatsby party or something. Yeah, and I this, can see and that. this is what plays. And I think the horns are pretty good during the course, too. I think they do sort of uh, add to that uh, night out on the town vibe, but I don't like the, the, horn, the, the solo. The, the sax solo, it's just... You know. uh, it's kind of like honking, it, or like it, it doesn't... Yeah, maybe it doesn't fit quite as good. It's so, just simple and boring and bland and plain and... Uh, I, I think know. I think the the improved production uh, complements the, the song uh, quite well, too, where I, I think it really benefits from that, because it is kind of like... it's a It's got a good groove to it. Like, I do like the music to this song, and I think... If that's the part that's really standing out to me, then I'm probably going to prefer the the one that just sounds crisper and just a bit more full. Let's see. So Bowie Bowie's version wins uh, in a very close vote, fifty six percent to forty four percent. I was expecting him to lose this one. I do think, I mean, our listeners are big Bowie fans, so I think there's always going to be this. There's going to be a bit of a Bowie bias. I feel. Yeah. Um, hey, you could be coming from us too, but we've. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I do. Yeah, I agree. I do like Bowie's version a bit better. I, I would, you know, I don't really play either version. But if I had to pick one, it, it would be the the pinups version. Yeah. So, Bowie one originals one. Yeah. Tie, tie game. Song number three is "I Wish You Would," originally done by the Yardbirds in 1964. Keith Ralph on vocals for the Yardbirds. Somebody who could be mistaken for Bowie in the mid '60s. They kind of look alike. Similar hair. When Bowie was doing that R&B thing, yeah, they yeah. totally looked the same. Yeah, like when you see him on that uh, Long Hair Society, Boys of London video around this era, it could, you know, it looks like Keith Ralph up there, kind of. Speaking of bad COVID takes, Eric Clapton's the original guitarist to this song. This is from the original iteration of Yardbirds, right? Like you said, 1964. Yeah. Clapton was still there for that. Yeah, we're going through the hot COVID tape. <laughs> right, what did he say? He's not going to play to vaccinated... You know, if you're vaccinated, you're not allowed in. No, it was not going to require proof or something, right? Yeah, and for Clapton, I mean, that's just one in a million controversial takes he's had throughout his life. Uh, I'm sure if you just went to his Wikipedia page, you went to the controversy tab, you can be up all night yeah. reading. But... Check out some of his album covers. This is one that I... I'm not a huge fan of uh, the the Bowie version of it for one particular reason. 
the the riff that is played on the original by a harmonica is kind of it, it's it sounds great but the guitar riff kind of grows old on me when i listen to the bowie version it's very very present in the mix and it just i don't know something about this song seems like it just wasn't mixed right or done right yeah you know I what can i mean see that yeah yeah the the part i do like about this version is that bowie kind of does like an exaggerated r&b vocal it's it's almost to the point of ridiculousness um and that seems to have irritated a lot of the critics and, and people doing retrospective reviews of this album, I find. Uh, you know, they kind of say he, he butchers the, the vocal performance, but I, I actually quite enjoy it because it sort of once again comes off as a, a tongue-in-cheek kind of thing or, or at least like a satirical thing to me. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't say that his vocal's bad on this by any no, means. It's, no. I, I do like his vocal. Yeah, the guitarist maybe it gets a little silly and gets a little repetitive. The harmonica probably suits that. Yeah, that riff better. It's just buried a little bit more and just kind of sounds more bluesy the way that this song is intended to be. I and think. this one was also uh, raised a key, right? This one's played faster okay, than yeah. the original. Yeah, uh, I'm not too good with keys. I'm not sure which it was, but it was obviously raised a, a pitch higher because it's you know when you play faster, that's just how it goes usually. Well, it it's funny. I was thinking about this last night actually. I was. Just I was playing guitar and I was wondering if like the correlation sometimes like like I I know A kind of sounds good fast and, and E sounds a little bit better slower but then I was playing uh, I was playing uh, can't explain and figuring out the two different versions and that song's nor- originally an E and it's fast and then Bowie slows it down to C so the E's faster and that mm-hmm. in that instance it, I think a lot of it depends on the vocalist too and how it, with their range and stuff like that but. Speaking of the vocalist, uh, back to Keith Ralph, he died very tragically uh, in his early 30s. He was electrocuted by a guitar that wasn't properly grounded in his basement. Yeah, it's one of those stories that's sort of taken on like a, it's like an urban legend where it was like, oh, he was playing it in his bathtub or something, which has sort of been de- debunked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. I'm not sure how these stories uh, took flight but yeah it was it wasn't properly grounded yeah. yeah or like the amp wasn't properly grounded or something and it's one of those things where like i've played old amps that i put pick i put, put a picture of one that had this really shitty uh power cord it's like an old 1967 uh bass amp that i inherited and i was like I put it on Reddit, like, is it safe to plug this in? And I I just, my phone just bing, ding, bing, 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 people, no, don't do it, no, don't do it. Like, I'm surprised my phone didn't ring, people, you know, finding out, like, stop this guy from plugging that guitar in to that amp, but, yeah, anyway, it. I wish Keith Ralph would have had um, Reddit. Reddit back in, I guess, the what, early 70s, really early 70s. I'm glad Eric Clapton didn't have Reddit in the, the 90s. Because there's the other side of Reddit, too. where he. <laughs> <laughs> but in this case, it worked out uh, yeah. very well. So, yeah, I, I'm going to vote for the original, the Yardbirds version on I Wish You Would. I'm going to vote for the original as well. Okay. Um, well, or the Yardbirds version, because if we're going to get technical, uh, I guess yeah, it was yeah. a Billy Boy Arnold song that the Yardbirds yeah. covered. But yeah, Bowie's doing the Yardbirds version. Yeah. And I prefer the Yardbirds version. I, I'll, slightly, though, like this is another pretty close one, I would say. I do think like these first three flow very well together. Um, yeah. Not particularly the strongest songs on the album, but they... They don't sound out of place by any means. Yeah. No. Um, and then I guess the next one is... Uh, well, pretty... first I'll just read out, uh, Bowie won this one 
uh, oh, handedly, right. uh, 79 uh, to 21%. Next one, uh, See Emily Play, originally by Pink Floyd. The latest uh, cover that he did on this one. This was from June of 67, which is, I think, I don't think there's any other 67 songs Yeah, on no, this. I mean, I'd, I'd like to have heard a bit more from the psychedelic era on this album. Yeah. Because, yeah, most of the other ones are like 64, 65 because they, they, they do a great job of this song. Yes, uh, they, they do. And it's a great song to do a great job of. Um, this is this is the toughest one. We talked about ones that I could flip a coin. I, I, don't, I haven't made up my mind completely on this one yet, but maybe we'll <laughs> have to make it up at the end. Uh, I genuinely like the Sid Barrett era of Pink Floyd more than the post-Sid Barrett, albeit very brief the Barrett era. I, I do like it more. It's just that that style of psychedelic mod. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's got a really, really cool sound to it that I, I, I think, I think he was just a phenomenal songwriter, great guitarist, played a lot of kind of surf Rocky kind of stuff. Yeah. And yeah, this is one of my favorite songs from the Barrett era Floyd. It's my, it's my favorite. Um, okay. Yeah. It's my favorite Pink Floyd song. I'm in the same. I, I don't even listen to the the other Pink Floyd stuff. I I just listen to the the first record and uh, and this song. I mean, I I do love uh, Bowie's version a lot. I like this version a lot. But the original is like the perfect pop single to me. You know, it, it takes surrealist imagery and pairs it with childhood wonderment. You know, these are both sort of made obsessions of the the psychedelic flower power period and so it's no wonder that bowie would pick a song like this to cover because it's totally in the the wheelhouse of something like his debut album right it's a very unorthodox and playful song and yeah bowie keeps true to that original sentiment quite well but he also beefs it up a lot you know it's much more guitar driven here it's sort of like a hard rock thing i think for that reason i do prefer the original and it's I don't want to say it's not close and to make that sound like it's an indictment on this version because this is probably like my second favorite song on the album. Yeah. But it yeah. still gets blown out of the water for me by the original just because I like the original that much. I mean, it's one of my favorite songs of all time, the original. So right. it's yeah. going to be hard for any cover to top that. But God, did they ever do it. They got as close as you possibly could, I think, because this is a great song. They, they do such a good job of creating these psychedelic soundscapes and textures. It's oh. got that, that pitch down vocal effect from Buley brothers. Comes it's, back. Yeah. It's goblins are singing backing vocals on it. <laughs> it's so it's yeah. Buley brothers kind of laughing known ish known gnome. ish. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's one of the highlights of the, of the song and that's making it his own, you know, like that's nowhere to be found on the original, yeah. which is a very psychedelic song to begin with, but to add that to it, uh, Garson's piano playing on it is awesome too. This is the one song where it really stands out. Uh, there's another one that he stands out on too, but this one I think even more so. Uh, I love the slide down right before the the, yeah. the chorus yeah. starts. Um, and Ronson's tone in the verses is just that little lick he plays. It sounds like a wolf howling in the distance. It's really eerie sounding. Uh, yeah, just he does such an amazing job of adding such cool elements to a song with already so many cool elements that I, that it pains me to say that I think I'm going to go with the original though, because I mean, it is one of my favorite songs from the mid sixties. So, and this isn't quite as good. I don't know. It's, it, it's so close. This one's by is, is, it could have been a, it's the closest to a tie that I'm going to come to. 
yeah, I think I just prefer it in its more whimsical form than in this form. But I, this is such a good version. Like you said, like there's so many elements. Like it, it varies from humorous, you know, and that that's those those goblins are they're deranged. It, it gives it like a Monty Python sound, but also there's creepy, eerie elements that you add it to. There's trippier elements. There's just a lot getting thrown at you here, and, and yeah. it's executed all very well. And there's also that cool. Uh, musical quotation once again from Garson in the outro. He splashes a little bit of yeah. Mozart yeah, yeah. Uh, in there, right? Yeah. I can't remember what it is because I'm not really up to date on my Mozart, my Mozart songs, but uh, uh, you know, not unsimilar to his musical quotations of Tequila and uh, what was it, Rhapsody in Blue on yeah. Aladdin Sane. Uh, and it's perfect. You know, it just fits in so well. It's just it's it it's like that's it needed to be there. I don't know that that outro was like the highlight of the song for me. Yeah, it's like a minute and a half or whatever, and it's just chaos and it's it kicks ass. I wonder what Sid Barrett thought of it because he didn't like the Pink Floyd version. He thought it sounded too commercial or something. Which is <laughs> this is not a very commercial sounding song, but he was going through stuff around this time, so it's one of the last songs I think he wrote. I think it was supposed to be like longer, right? Like, yeah, it, it, yeah, yeah, it was. I think. Is there a longer version that exists? If there is, I would love to hear it. Yeah, I I haven't. We're going to have to do some digging. Twitter agrees uh, that Pink Floyd uh, prevails 81% to 19. Is that our first anatomy? Oh, no, uh, Here Comes the Night, I think. Did we all agree that that was the... Yes. Here Comes the Night. we voted for Here Comes the Night. Yeah, Bowie. And we both voted for See Emily Play, the Pink Floyd version. So on to uh, Everything's Alright. This one is by a group called The Mojos, 1964. This one came out. Ainsley Dunbar. Ainsley Dunbar. I said Ainsley. (laughs) Einstein Dunbar. Ainsley Dunbar uh, joined The Mojos, actually, funny enough. But after this song. Like, right after. Okay. So I think he joined in 64, and this came out in 64, but he wasn't a part of the group before this. So, so that's, it, that's, that's kind of interesting. probably played it live. But probably, yeah. With them, or, or whatever. This probably yeah. wasn't tough for him. Yeah. yeah. No, it wouldn't. <laughs> it probably wouldn't have been. Uh, I don't have much to say about this one, because it's not one of my favorites. Not one of my favorites, either. Um, once again, there's much tinier production on the original, which maybe suits the song better yeah that's the one thing i yeah. I, I wrote very very brief notes on this for this episode and i think i i put i, I like the 60s vibe more uh yeah. for this song than the glam rock vibe that bowie brings to it it just yeah it's that perfect example of what we talked about earlier where sometimes you just crave that sound for a certain song and this delivers it the bowie version doesn't and it doesn't improve on it really in any way it's it's one of those ones that's very similar to the original it's something that ruins it for me in in Bowie's version is uh, during the course, Bowie's doing the lead vocal and the background vocal, and they kind of sound too much the, the same. The, the voices sound the same, and it, it just it really irritates me. It's Bowie's doing these these deep vocals. It just it sounds like it was rushed or something, and it was like probably, Bo, Bowie's coming was. from too many angles at once. And I just would have <laughs> liked to have heard a different person singing in the background for some reason that just really irritates me okay Uh, i don't know why but yeah i don't know i i i I would have to agree i think i like the original i think that 
this song, it, it's especially the chorus. It sounds like something that belongs in like a Tarantino film, like Pulp Fiction. Yeah, oh, you can see totally. like Vincent Vega dancing to this. Or something <laughs> yeah, like. yeah, it does. And I, I think that orig- the original version kind of uh, would be the one that you would pick. For yes, it. Yeah. and so I don't really care for the original that much either. But if I'm gonna have to pick between the two, give yeah, give me the original. Give me score one for the Mojos here. Yeah, the listeners pick Bowie, eighty-seven to thirteen. I can see that just because this isn't a really good song to me so it's almost like if you're a Bowie fan you'll probably prefer Bowie's version to it but yeah. Yeah. on to one that's a bit closer for me or one that I like a lot more that's for sure uh, I Can't Explain by The Who came out in 65 is it on an album? I don't think it is is it? no no. Yeah. their, their lead single Yeah. well their lead single as The Who they had a right. few is the, the high numbers and all that but. yeah uh, great, great song, the original, uh, and totally rearranged, uh, and done very, very well, I might add, by Bowie, I think. Uh, it's what, so yeah, he's he slows this one down, uh, almost like half speed, and he makes it really swampy, kind of sounding, very sleazy, and adds saxophone to it. Uh, his vocal is. Really, really cool. I, I I really like his vocal on it. Um, and yeah, the the, the original version is like a, a high paced like rock song. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't quite share your enthusiasm with this one. Um, you know, like w- when people say pinups is is weak and littered with these redundant and or subpar covers, this to me is like maybe like the central example. Uh, I, I love Can't Explain, and a lot of these original tracks, really, the, the bulk of these tracks, like, for their energy, and, and, and the spirit of the track is kind of lost on me with this version. And I get that doing a good cover usually involves, like, reinventing said spirit, yeah. but I'm not sure just slowing it down and sort of crooning over it does it for me. It, it's kind of like a lazy reinvention, um... It, like and even like the slowed down guitar part, it almost sounds to me like if you were trying to teach someone how to play it on guitar, <laughs> yeah, you would do I, this. You just okay. Here we that. go. Yeah. Doot, doot, doot. You got it. Then go. Doot, doot. I just I don't know. I, I just <laughs> yeah. This this one doesn't do it for me. Uh, I'm going with the original, and it's uh, maybe the biggest gap for me on okay. the entire album. Yeah. Okay. Um, I just beca- I I love the original so much too. Th- that's funny that you mentioned playing teaching somebody how to play a guitar. I, I once was trying to teach a friend how to play guitar who had never played before, and I tried... It was Substitute, which is another <laughs> another Who song. I was like, you got to be able to get this one. If you can, And he couldn't get it. So I think I was there for that, and I think that might have been what stoked me to <laughs> okay, put that in my brain to say that, because, yeah, yeah I, I, I remember that. And that's kind of what I get when I hear this version. So... I as much as I like the Bowie version, I, I'm going to agree and say I, I do prefer the Who version uh, because similar to the Pink Floyd thing, I, I just really really like that era of the Who so much, and it's one of my favorite songs from that era. I love that sound. I love that that scene that was going on in the mid '60s. Uh, I, I like the Who pre Tommy more than post Tommy for reasons like this. Yeah, well, I, I like Tommy, too. Uh, I, yeah. I, I would say more like pre-Who's Next. Okay. Uh, yeah. Because I think that's where they kind of really 
change well, things up. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, Tommy's kind of like un, is unlike. I mean, it's a it's an opera. I, I would yeah. almost separate that from the two eras. If yeah, that makes yeah, sense. sure. Yeah, so pre Tommy, not including Tommy, and post Tommy, not including Tommy. Mm-hmm. I would prefer the earlier stuff by Atlanta. <laughs> Who sell out is the best. Yeah. Oh yeah. Album yeah. ever <laughs> of sixty seven. That's right. I said it. No. <laughs> well, it's close. Yeah. It's, shit. It might be. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, oh, there's a lot, but it's up there. To say it's a top five 67 album is saying a lot, and I think I would put it there. But yeah, anyway, I, I like the Who version more. You like the Who version more. And Twitter likes the Who version more. There you go. A bit closer, 63 to 37. Uh, but is that the most... Oh, no, Pink Floyd had the biggest gap so far. The one thing that is kind of cool about this one is that there's that that snare kind of sounds cool because they slowed this down, right? Uh, I think I have a quote here from Ken Scott somewhere from Bowie Bible. Here we go. This track started off faster but wasn't working. Somehow we came up with the idea of taking the tape speed down and it immediately felt better. There was just one problem. Slowing it down took it completely out of the key it was supposed to be in. So everyone but Ainsley had to redo their parts. But because it felt so different, they probably would have done that anyway. Uh, okay, yeah. So I guess... They all had to change their key, but they just kept his drums, and because they kept his drums, they just slowed it down, and then it it just, you know, everything sounds... The, the snare hits just, they go on a bit longer, right? Okay, so yeah. That's, that's, that's kind of a cool, of, cool effect. It, it is, yeah. it is a, and you'll, you can notice it too when you listen to the song, that the snare just, it goes on longer. It's just, it's just, it just dronier. So I didn't know that. Like that, they just slowed the drums down. But now that I'm thinking about it, I can. You can hear it, yeah. Yeah, it is kind of different. Yeah, but like I said, the, the slow down aspect of the song, it just kind of, uh, it it just it just ruins the the spirit of the song for me. But yeah, it's still not as bad as that uh, wretched cover of uh, "Sounds of Silence" by Disturbed. Uh, <laughs> that yeah, that's the sounds of non-silence. So should we take a tally? Um, yeah, let's do it. So far, uh, let's go with the the listeners first. Bowie four and originals two. Um, I've voted originals five. Bowie one. I think we were the same, right? I I think I did five to one as well. Oh yeah, we haven't disagreed on any of them yet, have we? Five to one. Here comes the knights. The only one I like the Bowie one. Five to one is a good song by the Doors. I don't know. I don't know the Doors. I mean, I know the, I know who they are. I don't, I don't really listen to the Doors. It's on. Uh, what is it called? Waiting for the Sun. That album. I, I, it's the song with the Jay Z sampled it on his song uh, Ether. Or no, not the Takeover, which is a response to Nas's diss Ether. If there's any okay. hip hop fans listening, a little cool trivia there. Uh, yeah, I, you know this. Uh, I I do like. A lot of the the songs on this side, I I do like C. Emily play. I think Rosalind and I wish you would. I think those would probably be my favorite three, but I just happen to kind of prefer the originals for for all of those songs. So yeah. sorry, Bowie. So that's our halftime update. We'll be back with side two of Pinups next time on Fantastic Voyage. I'm Jesse, and I'm John. Thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs>